welcome. It's indisputable, I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you, we have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, none other than Sharon Reed, host, commentator, TYT sports contributor, always a fascinating analysis. And in the bullpen, remember the story where the bus driver had a gun pulled on him and he pulled his gun out on the perpetrator and he shot first, he got fired. There was a witness, there was a person who saw the whole thing. They will be on the bullpen today to break down exactly what happened, should be interesting. Top story of the day, Donald Trump, according to the federal government, decided to hold onto nuclear weapons technology documents, highly classified, and here it is. 31 counts of willful retention of national defense information, one count of conspiracy to obstruct justice, one count of withholding a document or a record, one count of corruptly concealing a document or record, one count of concealing a document in a federal investigation, one count of scheme to conceal, one count of false statements and representations, two counts of false statements and representations. That's the list of counts. This is well more than 30 counts. And as we were on the air last night, sources telling us that the Trump team was aware of at least seven counts, at least a range of seven areas of charges. Now that this indictment has been unsealed, we see this is far more extensive in its nature. Far more extensive in its nature. I'm going to break all of this down. I need to remind everyone, Donald Trump is not being charged with possessing classified documents. That could have been part of the charging docket, it was not. The possession has nothing to do with the charges you see. It is his handling beyond the possession. It is his willful intent beyond having the documents. Bolton, who was the national security advisor for President Trump and also ambassador to the UN. Bolton, a man who has not met a brown country he did not want to bomb, had this to say about Trump's why. Why, why would the president take these? You know, there's a lot of theories out there as to why he would want these documents. You were with him, you saw him in action at a very close level. Why do you think? What was the intent here? Well, I, I'm not sure I can give you a good answer, but I would say this. Throughout my 17 months there, uh, it's perfectly clear that Donald Trump addressed almost everything that came before him uh, through the prism of the question, how does this benefit Donald Trump? He went on to say that the Republican Party should send out an email to every member with the indictment, just the wording, provide no context or commentary. Just let people read it. I need to remind those who are Trump supporters. While you can come after Jack Smith and discuss how the DOJ targets. And on a major level, I don't disagree with you. These elements are involved inside of law enforcement agencies throughout the country. We've been telling you this for decades. But it's not Jack Smith who did the indicting. It was a grand jury citizens of this nation. If Trump is convicted via trial, it will not be a judge or a prosecutor. 
It will be citizens based on the constitutional mandate of due process. Let's get into it. After more than a year long federal investigation, the public is now learning stunning detailed allegations about the classified documents prosecutors say were found at Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago state and how they were handled. In a 49 page indictment unsealed Friday, prosecutors allege Trump had in his possession documents concerning the nuclear programs. That means we have more than one of the United States among other sensitive defense information. Our laws that protect national defense information are critical to the safety and security of the United States and they must be enforced. Special counsel Jack Smith said in a brief statement after the indictment's release, violations of those laws put our country at risk. According to the indictment, Trump had stored in boxes information regarding defense and weapons capabilities of both the United States and foreign countries. United States nuclear programs, potential vulnerabilities of the US and its allies to military attack. And plans for possible retaliation in response to a foreign attack. Why would he keep these things? The unauthorized disclosure of these classified documents could put at risk the national security of the United States, foreign relations, the safety of United States military and human sources and continued viability of sensitive intelligence collection methods. The indictment reads, Trump retained documents from multiple agencies, not just one. Prosecutors alleged, including the CIA, DOD, NSA, and the Department of Energy. Secret, this is secret information. Trump told them the indictment said, which means they had him under surveillance. ABC News previously reported investigators were in possession of an audio recording from inside the golf course complex showing Trump acknowledged he was in possession of sensitive documents, of a sensitive document and that he couldn't declassify it now that he was out of office, which is contrary to his proclaimed defense. According to sources, Trump said the document was about attacking Iran. There's more. In another instance, a few months later, according to prosecutors, the former president of the United States shared a classified map related to an ongoing military operation, ongoing current military operation to a representative of a political action committee. This is a special interest group that did not have a security clearance. They did not have a need to know classified information clearance about the military operation. There's more, Trump is due in court in Miami today. We will bring you that update live. To answer a 37 count indictment that alleges he willfully retained classified documents after he left the office and refused to return them. His appearance will be an earth shaking and even tragic moment in the history of a republic that has endured for more than two centuries. After being founded on the principle that no leader has absolute power or should be above laws that apply to the citizens. 
So let me break it down this way. For those of you who are still Trump supporters, politicians, people, doesn't matter. Understand what you are supporting. You are supporting an individual who is not only antithetical to the government, but adversarial to the very military that you proclaim to support. Now, I have my thoughts about military operations, of course. I'm not a guy who's for war, but I definitely understand the narrative from the right as it relates to not having to agree with the war to still support the warrior. We don't support warriors in this nation. They go overseas, they fight, they get injured, they have illnesses. All of a sudden we have no money for them. We have significantly degraded medical opportunity for them to have remedy for their illness, their injury. This man, according to the government's narrative, and I'm sure recordings are available during trial. This man put soldiers at risk. So if you support him, you support that action. If you support Trump still, you absolutely support treason. He has been charged under the Espionage Act and it fits. The reason why the Satan and others have jumped into this race is because they do not believe Trump will make it through the Republican primary and they may be correct. Trump is still going to try his best to rip this nation apart in the process of being prosecuted, not persecuted. All right, Sharon, um, he did turn himself in today. According to the latest update, he has been arrested, was put in custody and likely released pretty quickly. But Donald Trump is now a former president being prosecuted actively by the federal government thoughts. It's a historic day um, for sure, but they waited too long to take him out. They waited too long to take him out, Dr. Ritchie. Listening to you chronicle what they have on him, I'm more convinced than ever that the Secret Service has to be among the people who dropped a dime on him, okay? They just have too much stuff. And the buffoonery that some people are getting behind when he showed it to people who are in lockstep with the pillow guy in Cary Lake. I mean, those are the kind of people you're describing that he probably showed this highly sensitive killer information to. It is, it's sick, it's disgusting. And to hear John Bolton describe Donald Trump just quickly as someone who didn't make any move unless it considered himself. Well, that's you, John Bolton and Bill Barr, okay? That's you, that's how you ended up there. Chris Christie, it's just maddening, all of it. All of them are hypocrites, none of them deserve a hero cookie. John Bolton literally got on Fox News every day to campaign for a job. Defended Donald Trump, right, got got a job. Bill Barr's letter. Right, exactly, they all utilized the ignorance of Trump (laughs) in order to obtain power and wealth themselves. What have I told you, a child book author wrote about how to grieve properly to children. But poisoned her husband was accused of this and the search history. Well, let's put it up, all right. Curry Richards, the Utah woman accused of killing her husband by poison, okay? 
According to the narrative, it was a spiked drink, allegedly searched for lethal doses of fentanyl on her phone, on her search history. She also searched life insurance payouts. She also searched lie detector test, all on her iPhone. Eric is the father of three, was married to her for nine years. After his death, Curie wrote the book, Are You With Me? Question mark. Touting on Amazon, it is a heartwarming and reassuring must read for children who have experienced the pain of loss and for parents who want to provide their children with the emotional support they need to heal and grow. She will go on to book tours and interviews promoting the book about children grieving. Let me give you evidence found on the iPhone. The device allegedly contained highly suspicious internet searches given the context of what happened, including one about a lethal fentanyl dose. Luxury prisons for rich people in America. Women Utah prison. Can cops force you to do a lie detector test? Death certificate says pending. Will life insurance still pay? FBI analysis of electronics in an investigation. When does the FBI get involved in a case? How long does life insurance companies take to pay? How to permanently delete information from an iPhone remotely? What is a lethal dose of fentanyl? All are in her phone. The arrest, right? Uh, Ms. Richards, I mean, 33 years of age, was arrested last month on charges of aggravated murder and three counts of possession of a controlled substance with intent to distribute after her husband died. Uh, Summit County Sheriff's deputies responded after the wife called 911 to report she had found her husband unresponsive in their bedroom, according to a probable cause statement. Medical examiner said he had five times the lethal dose of fentanyl in his system at the time of his death. Now, possible motive is this, if the case goes to trial, it will likely it would be likely to revolve around financial and marital disputes as possible motives. In addition to arguing over real estate, prosecutors also say the wife made major changes to the family's estate before her husband died. Taking out life insurance policies on him with benefits totaling nearly 2 million. In a victim's impact statement, she read in court Amy Rich's Eric Rich's sister. Called her sister-in-law desperate, greedy, and extremely manipulative. She accused her of intentionally poisoning her brother and said it was painful for the family to watch her promote her book and herself as an amazing mother. Uh, there were suspicions, okay, while she was out here being um, the author of a children's book about grieving. Uh, she did all of the search engines that would naturally create. Significant suspicion, yes, it's circumstantial, but in this context, nail in the coffin. Sharon, this was one of those really, really depraved individuals who not only systematically killed her husband, according to the conviction, 
But she also decided to write a book, basically put elements of what she did in the book, did a tour about it and made more money. Thoughts? That's what takes it beyond gangster. Yeah. She's beyond gangster because if it was just about the money, as cruel and disgusting as the act is, we've seen that too many times, Dr. Ritchie. But the fact that she craved the spotlight, that's yeah. what she really wanted means she is a rare bird, thank goodness. A very rare one and a gangsta beyond. Yeah, thank goodness. All right. Savages, thugs, trying to jump on an older black male for exercising his constitutional rights. Let's put it up full mass. As Trump supporters gathered to greet former President Trump when he arrived in Miami on Monday, ahead of his Tuesday indictment, counter protesters confronted them. The man on the left, Told the counter protester, put down that flag. My grandfather died for that. The black male refused, stating that he was a veteran as well. After being surrounded, the man reached into his jacket and told them to back off. Now, I want to tell you what's happening right here in this moment. All of this mob crowd has decided to surround. The single by himself black male. So he reached in his pocket and said, Listen, y'all better back up, all right? Back up, get away from me. He doesn't have a weapon. He wants them to think he possibly does, so he survives. There's more. Police arrived on the scene. One of the Trump supporters went directly to the cop and said, There was a black man with a gun. Remember, it's only one black male. He's a counter protester. He's being surrounded by an angry mob of white male Trump supporters. What do the cops do? They go to the black male and say, sir, do you have anything on you? Police quickly broke up the confrontation between the counter protesters and Trump supporters. They questioned the man, asked if he had any weapons, which he did not, according to the latest um, update, there was no arrest made. Now, I bring this to your attention for a few reasons. Number one, uh, the continued violence of those who are Trump supporters, continued violence, not subsiding, getting worse. Number two, this happened in Florida. You see, Florida passed a law against Black Lives Matter for protesting, for disrupting traffic. It's a felony now in the state of Florida to do so. Do you think any of the Trump supporters who disrupted traffic received a felony charge as the statute in Florida now allows? No. Number three, when this went down in the video version of it, you see the officers clearly decide to go directly to the one black male who is being accosted and treated him as the aggressor. This is the world we're in. Sharon, thoughts? Well, I'm not surprised. It's sick. It's sad. Um, I was just wondering, you know, it reminds me of that three fifths compromise, and I know it was used to count uh, representation. But he's really treated as uh, less than. You're not part of this thing. Whatever we say goes, and the police will co sign. Uh, it's 
You wonder why some people fight for our country and I I appreciate their service. I'm honored to to know that people believe in American principles, but I, it just is this thought in my head that we're still there. Yeah. We're still in the same place. I don't know why people sign up, I don't. You made a great point that was actually echoed in the video. You literally hear Trump supporters telling him, you're not American, you're not American. Now he's a guy who fought for the country, could have died for this nation. I'm sure he has some adverse impact either physically or psychologically. He did that, he's not an American to them because he has an opinion contrary to theirs. And if they understood the reason why freedoms are maintained, Freedoms are maintained so that no one can mandate you to salute a flag in this nation. That makes it freedom when you have the choice. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. Always good to be with you. Thank you for joining the conversation. Let me first do this, all right? Indisputable membership, we would love for you to join. This keeps us independent, allows us to continue providing not only great news for you, but opportunities to come to your town, to travel around this country, to be active in the local community. I want you to support the show, become a member. Let's make it happen. You can hit the join button on YouTube right now. Not only do you get awesome perks, as part of your membership, like fun emojis, badges, exclusive designs on shoptyt.com. But you also make a positive impact. You see, I believe that comes back to you sevenfold. Like when we expose human rights abuses at the Victorville prison. Well, that's us, you're included in that. That's just one of the many examples of how we bring you the indisputable truth every single day. Our members make that possible. I want you to become a member right now. So if you Sign up, we got you, okay? And I'm gonna start back doing some live conversations with members. We did this last year, I'm gonna start back doing it this year as well. We'd love for you to sign up, go ahead and hit that join button now. Haven't done it before, do it. If you're in position, gift it to some other people. I appreciate you in advance. All right, we got a lot of comments, we'll read as many as I can. Mickey C. The silver hair dragon says Trump had those documents for a year and a half, damn sure did. I'm sure we'll never know what and how many documents he's already sold or swapped for favors to Putin. <laughs> if yes, uh, <laughs> that's right, all of them. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I actually think maybe the $2 billion loan to Kushner, maybe that was involved somehow. All right, nobody loans a person two billion. You're never getting two billion dollars back from anybody, okay? Never, that's not a loan, it's a payment. All right, Text Dan says, beyond the systemic bias of the pigs, he, if he had a weapon, he'd be within his rights in Florida anyway. DeSantis made unlicensed concealed carry legal to keep up with the insanity here in Texas. That's correct, Texas led the way. All right, YouTube. C. Michael Henson, thank you, C. Michael. 
based on what we already know about Trump's business practices, it's not a stretch to believe that he's gonna, he was going to sell the sensitive documents he had. Of course, he was going to sell them. All right. Hopeful heart and open eyes. 536 years is what I would do in prison for this. But for half of America's demigod, we will be lucky if he sees handcuffs, even for a night, talking about Trump. You know, there are military officials who mistakenly carry classified documents home, accident, right? They go to prison. President Obama had to pardon some. It was a mistake. All right, got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen Wood. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. afraid this would happen, all right? We've been trying to do what we can do here at Indisputable, to stop the Karen virus from mutating. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been unsuccessful. I am saddened to inform you that the Karen virus has now gone to mutated stage five. Karenicity runs deep in this one. Put up the picture. You see, that's called self defense. Uh, the Karen was approaching the young woman aggressively, naturally. She had to defend herself. But I must say this this particular individual was able to walk away from the community. Nobody killed her, no police came to arrest her. According to the post, she was violent and aggressive and still walked away, basically unscathed, except for the one-two combo that she decided to bring upon herself, in my opinion. Um, Sharon, this woman literally was yelling stupid N-word, stupid N-word to everybody around her, loud as she could, being violent. What the hell is this? She was able to walk away though. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are luck abound. She's yeah. very lucky, as you said, Doc. She's lucky Jocelyn from Love and Hip Hop was <laughs> at the Floyd Gotti match. That's yeah. but she's very lucky here. And you're right, it's mutated. There's variants. If the world would focus its attention on this Karenicity, like it has other viruses, perhaps something could be done, but right. it's really, we're, we're now really beyond, okay? We're not gonna get rid of this thing, we're just gonna live with it. Yeah, um, we need more anti-carers in the world. Remember the elected official who was asleep in his car, he had a, a crack pipe, you know, 
Well, he has also been accused of being a child predator in addition to that. Here's a video. Or anything? Nothing in no, there. I mean, just wallet. Give me. No, you got anything on you? No, no, you no, no, no. Oh, well. Oh, that's right. You just can't put your. Oh, You've taken in some fentanyl, Matt, and that's that's you know we've got to make sure you're. You you don't may not feel it right now, but God forbid something happens to you, yeah, we, no, we, we feel that. terrible about that, you know. Who, who's going to come get this car back? Listen, you got to clean this car up. Oh, right. Oh, my car's getting fixed. Oh, this isn't even your car? No, it's a right. Oh, it's a loaner. All right. Yeah. All right. I mean, there's, there's all the seat. All drugs on the seat. All right. Let's put up the picture full mass. Matthew R. Riley, an embattled, now former city councilman from Rhode Island, who was arrested earlier this month after a cop found him asleep in his car with a crack pipe and a lighter in his hand. He's behind bars again, this time for allegedly praying Praying on and inappropriately, inappropriately touching a child. Riley, who's a Republican, was taken into custody without incident on Thursday, charged with one count each first degree child molestation, second degree as well, and enticement of a person under the age of 16. Police said, that the legal guardian of a 12 year old girl on May 7th filed a complaint at police headquarters concerning Riley's conduct with the child. Authorities noted that Riley is not related to the alleged victim. Police say the investigation into Riley's alleged unlawful actions toward the juvenile began just about a week before he was arrested in connection with the crack smoking incident. Let me bring a few things to your attention. Uh, Republicans routinely would talk about how people on the left are trying to somehow um, prey on kids, right? They call it grooming. And then there's a Republican who actually is charged with it and they're silent. Not a peep from the Republicans in that district, not a peep from the Republicans in the state, nor national elected Republicans at all. Not even a statement from the Republican party at all. But if he was a Democrat, they would all sing in unison. Ah, you see, that's their agenda. That's what they want to do. They want to groom children. At some point, we really have to get back common sense. Um, I know we have to address and respond to Trump supporters, but it's getting a little tiring. 
this individual obviously is going to face face the music and hopefully he is prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law of guilty of this crime. But the narrative, the political dynamics cannot be more obvious. The contrast of reality and narrative is right before us. The reality is Republicans support legislation that would make a child be abused by way of state law by mandating them to have a baby at 10 years old after being raped, right? That's a law in some states passed by Republicans, that's child abuse. Okay, uh, we will bring you updates as this story develops, guaranteeing it will. Sharon Thoughts. Yeah, the increased work hours for kids too, I think is is somewhat yep. abusive. That's and right, the Republicans that's a law are now. behind that. Right, they're, right. they're behind that as well. He also doesn't have proper representation, which I could care less about, but I just want to bring it. You want to talk about nutty, Doc? His lawyers saying things like, don't gossip about this, don't ridicule, and don't have knee jerk conclusions about <laughs> this. And we have a near perfect judicial system. We don't. None of that is true. It's all tomfoolery. And this is a real sick puppy here. Yep. Real sick puppy. All right, very sick. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Thank you for remaining. Um, Juneteenth special Friday, June 16th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Special guest, we got Sharon Reed, Senator Nina Turner, Mayor Mundell Robinson, Adrian Lawrence, and J.R. Jackson. Going to be an amazing show. Uh, they'll discuss the history of Juneteenth uh, and its significance in today's current political climate. Um, we did this last year and had a great time doing it last year um, as well. Uh, I have a different take, I have a different take. I'm glad it's a federal holiday, um, you know, that's a good thing. Um, but I want federal policies, that's the thing you're supposed to deliver, right? Okay, a lot of comments, I'll read as many as I can. Wolf Dragon Donna, uh, we need an anti-care vaccine. We're working on it. We really are working on it. All right. Um, hang in there. I may have something. Uh, Joni King, welcome to Indisputable. Thanks so much for joining. I uh, see Michael Henson. Thank you again. There's hope because of you, Doc. Normally, the Karen screen would compel someone, usually a man, to come help. This time, she was largely ignored. That's right. Information is power. Now, when that happens, people will say, ah, oh, that's a Karen. That's a Karen. Everything's okay. Twitch, Hunger Games underscore 1989. Good friends don't let their friends become Karens in the wild. Yeah, it's true, but sometimes you can't help it. You know, person has their own will. All right, a detective, New York police detective was paid money, bribed by a robbing crew to allow them to rob at will. Let's put up the picture full mass. It's a damn shame. According to federal prosecutors, former NYPD detective Saul Arismany de la Cruz took bribes from a crew of robbers who targeted specifically Asian Americans in exchange for helping them avoid getting arrested for their crimes. The officer turned detective 
allegedly helped the group's ringleader, along with his four man crew, evade arrest 2017 to 2022. That's a lot of robbing that can take place from 2017 to 2022. Crew ringleader, De Gaberto Soto Ramirez. His list of aliases include Pedo, Felix, Jacob Guzman. The group he pulled together completed robberies not only in New York, but around the country as well, armed with guns and other weapons. The men stole money. They stole jewelry and other property from their victims, the majority of whom were Asian American small business owners. The crew stalked and even conducted internet searches, compensating tipsters. The indictment alleges this is a sophisticated operation. De La Cruz, who went by nicknames Venom and others, in the theft gang had a $143,000 plus salary in 2022. Why did he have that much? He was a field intelligence officer, okay? A field intelligence officer assigned to the 100 precinct in Queens. That's according to public records. He was, however, suspended without pay that November amid a federal probe over an off duty shooting he was allegedly involved in. The Post reported at the time, De La Cruz retired, was allowed to retire December 2022. That means he kept his pension intact, getting paid taxpayer dollars. The now former officer and co-defendants, Edwin Luciano, Rodriguez Ganoya, 48, Santiago Maldonado, 43, Diego Gonzalez, 26, were all arraigned before White Plains Magistrate Judge Judith McCarthy on Thursday. Soto Ramirez, 41 of the Bronx, was still at large. All five men are charged with racketeering conspiracy, face up to 20 years behind bars if convicted. Soto Ramirez is also charged with assault with a dangerous weapon in aid of racketeering and brandishing a firearm, and he faces up to life in prison if convicted on the top count. In a statement, the lawyer for De La Cruz said his client maintained his innocence. Saul De La Cruz is a highly decorated former detective with the NYPD who served honorably for over eight years. Voluntarily left the department last December, Attorney Howard Tanner told the Post. Saul maintains his innocence. I look forward to vigorously defending him in this case. I know you do, Attorney. You look forward to those billable hours, sir. I definitely get that. Okay, uh, here's the thing. A guy who's obviously corrupt. Um, he ends up getting caught, but he doesn't get caught because he's basically running a robbing crew, aiding and abetting. He gets caught because he's under investigation for something else, being involved in the bad shooting. Federal government investigates him, all this other stuff comes out. As I always say, these isms do not exist by themselves. If a person has a particular corruption dynamic they bring to the job. Normally, they are corrupt in many other areas. This is an example of that. For this many years, he was able to maintain his status as an intelligence officer 
while organizing actual robbing crews. He was already paid over $140,000. I say that because it should anger cops. It should anger police officers who are making 40,000, 50, maybe 60 grand a year. This guy is making 140, he lands the big job, he gets the big pay, and he's still out here making every single one of you look even more worse than you look already. You gotta say something, these individuals are defining your industry. Sharon, I guarantee you Republicans won't pass a law about this, nor say a word at all, thoughts. Well, you're right. Mob boss, gang leader, and mm-hmm. I don't think with everything he's charged with racketeering, blah, blah, he's charged with enough. You said he was targeting Asian people. I don't know yep. why it's not a hate crime too. That's right. It's disgusting. <clears throat> and I just think that he should be facing and would be facing a lot more had he not donned a uniform. But I will mm. say he was, he had the credentials for the job he was overpaid for because he knew where the crime was. Yep. Knew what a crime was. That's right. And I just wonder, an operation that many years, he's the only person in the department down at the program? Yeah. A hero, a hero bus driver saved children from a burning bus while being pregnant. This is an amazing story. Let's go to the footage. This kid. Put up a picture of the absolute courageous individual. In Munich, Williams, pregnant school bus driver in Milwaukee, saved 30 children from a bus fire, 30. Williams said, and I quote, I just feel like I had to stay calm, like with my job to stay calm. I'll give you the background of the incident you just saw. Ms. Williams says her route on Wednesday started off normal, but she noticed a strange odor and smoke growing. She says there were just a few blocks, they were just a few blocks from their destination, Milwaukee Academy of Science. But Williams did not want to wait too long to stop. She says she tried to use her radio to call dispatch, Williams said. I couldn't barely get what I was trying to say out because of the smoke was hitting me in my face, in my eyes. So I was just like, okay, forget the radio. Just get the kids off the bus. I think that's when it was like my mommy instincts kicked in really fast. And I was like, okay, come on, mom, let's do it. Let's get off the bus, William said. William suffered smoke inhalation. But is doing fine. She trained for emergencies on the job, but never thought she would need to put that practice into action. Put her up again, put up the picture, because I need everyone to understand she abandoned her self preservation instinct because that programming was overwritten by her instinct to save 30 children. Now bring this to your attention, 
Because we have seen police officers in similar situations where maybe one or two individuals were at risk. And those officers cited policy as to why they did not save those individuals who were at risk. I'm not saying you're mandated to do so officer would be a good thing to do. But I am saying you are no hero, you are no hero, you are no hero, she is. See heroes are not defined by simply what they get paid to do. Heroes are defined when they step up and do something that nobody could compensate for. And that's what she did. There's not enough money on the planet earth to repay this bus driver for saving 30 children. Now, I wanna say this, if anybody knows this bus driver, please have her contact me. I would like to bless her with something special, okay? Thank you, madam, for saving all of those children and the countless families that you have now, um, you have given them hope. Because if their babies were gone, their souls, well, as a parent, I know this, my soul would diminish. Thank you for what you did. All right, Jordan, thoughts? Yeah, this is this shows the role of public servants and the way they help make our society and our system better. And to your cop point, think about uh, Uvalde just a year ago. Mm, we saw right. footage of cops waiting in the hallways, getting hand sanitizer. They were outside attacking parents who were upset, who just wanted to know about the safety of their children. And they waited like an hour and a half, almost two hours before they even confronted the shooter as kids were getting killed. Yeah. So it's a perfect juxtaposition, just wearing a badge, having a uniform, having a gun, being in this role doesn't make you a hero. It's what you do. And this woman, without hesitation, saved 30 lives. And you look at, again, the, the cops in Uvalde who hid and cowered in fear, they're no heroes, they're cowards. That's right. And even to that point you just made, we have footage of mothers running inside of that school, literally saving children. While the cops were threatening to arrest them if they did. They abandoned, once again, the instinct of self-preservation and became heroes. Yesterday we covered in Kansas City, a person who stole nothing from a Walmart. There's still a thing, still physically assaulted by the police. Well, the cops have been disciplined. Let me remind you of the video, here it is. I got it, just, hey, just stop, stop fighting it, okay? Look at me. Here's the receipt, bro, read it, dumb Get on me, read my receipt, read it. It's with Tesla, read my receipt. Is this supposed to hurt me? No, you're they, 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 you read my they, they, Baby, please, please. Can you have him read the receipt? He's not doing that for long, officer. Dave, stop. Dave, put your hands behind your back. Okay, calm down, I will. Dave, do it. Just do it, baby. Okay, okay. He didn't do it. 
policy. I talked about this when we first brought you the story that Walmart has the zero tolerance policy and policy was connected to it. Well, that is true. I will get into it in just a moment. Two Kansas City, Kansas police officers have now been disciplined. And a charge has been dropped against the man who was held down at a Walmart last week. This was captured on video, it went viral. A man said his 24 year old nephew was taken to the ground, held down by officers after he was accused of stealing a pizza on Thursday. A video of him being pinned down was posted on TikTok. The Kansas City, Kansas Police Department said its review found officers made mistakes, including one who employed techniques that were not approved nor trained by the department. Uh, Let me help you out here, Chief, that's called physical assault. Police spokesperson Nancy Nancy Chartrand said the technique involved one officer's placement of his knee on the neck area of the person being retained, which is seen on the video, something Mayor Mundell and I talked about yesterday, the man, who was apprehended was walking to the exit with his purchase, which was not in a bag. The man did not show his receipt to an off-duty officer at the store who asked for it and became belligerent, the department said. It is our determination that the officer should have disengaged at that time due to the circumstances The police department said in a statement. Now, I want to remind you of the original narrative. Officer says, do you have a receipt for that? Guy says, yeah, I do, kept walking. He answered a question, do you have a receipt? Yeah, I do have a receipt, have a good day, sir. In order to pry a receipt from your pocket, because he's a cop, he still needs Warrant or significant suspicion that you have now committed a crime. Got to have something he can hold on to. Has to be reasonable, articulable. It cannot be gut feeling instinct. I just think um, he probably stole something. Doesn't work that way. The video recorded by the man's uncle 
shows the interaction after the man is already on the ground and is being held down by an officer. It shows the man being held down, telling officers he has receipt and to read the receipt. People standing around can be heard yelling and telling officers the man has a receipt. How did they know he had a receipt? Because they saw him buy the pizza in line, that's why. The man's uncle has said that his nephew is innocent and that police did not have just cause for their actions. A charge of hindering an investigation was dismissed at the police department's request, which is ironic. The off-duty cop was doing what? He was actually working at the store as a security guard in that moment. Back to policy. So he's a cop, yes, but he's in charge of loss prevention for Walmart. Policy, right? Is Walmart going to say something? Because you all have this zero tolerance policy uh, protecting cops who decide to harass your customers. Are you gonna stand up for your customer who bought a pizza, who decided to frequent your establishment and was violated by an officer? Hell, even the police chief said what these cops did, it was wrong. Are you Walmart going to say at least that in protection, support of one of your patrons? We'll see, sharing thoughts here. This is so ignorant. SNL would reject this sketch. These <laughs> right. bunglers, they they went through the Kansas City, you know, they graduated from the academy with this nonsense. And I don't know why we're talking about discipline, Dr. Ritchie. They should not be on the force. They should have been relieved of duty on their way to jail yep. for kidnapping and assault. That's how dumb it is. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And until we get to that point, Sharon. Where law enforcement can be arrested same day when they violate the law. We will always have this massive disconnect between community and cop. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. JP Morgan to pay damn near $300 million to the survivors of Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein. Put it up full mass. This is a hell of a story on top of a hell of a story. JP Morgan Chase has agreed to pay the survivors of the deceased child predator financier Jeffrey Epstein $290 million. This settlement is the result of a lawsuit which claimed the nation's largest bank benefited from his international sex trafficking operation. They're now calling their longtime association with Epstein a mistake. The settlement was prompted by claims filed by an unnamed woman identified only as Jane Doe. That JP Morgan Chase not only knew of Epstein's sex trafficking operation, but continued a relationship with him for 15 years. And keep in mind, everyone knew Epstein, at a point, everyone knew what Epstein was up to. Doe, who alleges that she was raped and trafficked by Epstein, sued the bank on behalf of a large number of fellow survivors. The suit was, the suit was filed in November 2022 and claimed the number of survivors could rise over 100 women, who alleged Epstein abused them over the period in which he remained a client 
of JP Morgan's. Uh, the bank dropped him in 2013. Uh, let me just remind you, he has rubbed shoulders with Donald Trump and many, many others, including Clinton and a lot of dignitaries, even overseas, right? He magically died on suicide watch in federal prison, magically. Statement from the bank, the parties have reached an agreement in principle to settle the putative class action lawsuit related to Jeffrey Epstein's crimes, which is subject to court approval. The bank said in a statement, the parties believe this settlement is in the best interest of all parties, especially the survivors who were the victims of Epstein's terrible abuse. A spokesperson for JP Morgan did not immediately respond to Jezebel's request for comment. Let me remind you that if what they're saying is true in the settlement documents, that means that members of Chase Bank executive leadership, they engaged in a criminal conspiracy to traffic human bodies for the purposes of sex across state and country lines. That is a violation of every sentiment of federal law and international decorum. None of them are going to jail. The bank continues, we all now understand that Epstein's behavior was monstrous. And we believe this settlement is in the best interest of all parties, especially the survivors who suffered unimaginable abuse at the hands of this man. The bank said in this statement, any association with him was a mistake and we regret it. We would never have continued to do business with him. We believed he was using our bank in any way to help commit heinous crimes. Now I want to remind you the filing from the victim say otherwise, they say clearly Chase Bank was aware. That's the reason they sued Chase Bank, because Chase Bank had liability for the criminal operation, okay? So while they say they had no idea and they would not have continued, uh, they're giving up the money. The victims say they were well aware. However, last month, the New York Times reported that an exhibit in a court filing suggested more than one bank employee filed a suspicious activity report about a number of Epstein's transactions. Other documents reveal prominent executives at the bank maintained a relationship with Epstein after his 2008 guilty plea in Florida to soliciting prostitution from an underage girl. Chief among them was James Jess Staley, who became the damn CEO in 2009 and left in 2013. Um, so uh, Chase is lying, clearly, because they did not end the relationship until later. Share your thoughts here. The King's brother's dippy statement was better than what the bank yeah. tried to peddle right there. It's proof $290 million means even more than we thought, you nasty. That's right. Nasty. That's right. The money speaks for itself. All right. Um, you know, we've always said, hey, what happens if one day a Karen calls the cops and the cop is an anti Karen? Well, it happened. Here it is. You live in a gated community. Yes. You are entering your community. Yes. They tailgate you in because they're obviously delivering something. Supposedly. You, stop interrupting me, okay? Let me explain, because this is 
But, if, if I'm hearing you correctly, this is absolutely absurd. But then he gets out of his car and friends. Okay, the reason he gets out of his, they're making the delivery in this video. Okay. You follow them, okay. you get out of your car, and you approach them. It's in there. And whoever comes into there to make deliveries is, quite frankly, none of your business. You are the aggressor in this. They're making a delivery, you decide to follow them. When they stop and get out of their car, you decide to get out of your car and confront them, and you're surprised they took that as an act of aggression? This is absurd. Okay. Hang tight with him. Um, no, I, I actually understand your frustration. So He just he came out and he followed us the whole way. We were just delivering so we can come eat. We just got in town. Okay. That cop needs to be the damn attorney general. Uh, this individual saw exactly what it was immediately. He knew what was happening, called it out. I mean, he solved the case in about 60 seconds. Sharon, to me, this was a very beautiful thing for, for a cop showing his um, investigative prowess by telling him play by play, here's what really happened. I rather enjoyed it. It was like he had a badge of kryptonite for yeah, Ant. Right. You know. He's an anti-caring crusader and he told, and I love the part where he said, none of your business. Right. And he told him to be quiet and let me finish, let me finish, okay? Had he been on the force in Sanford, Florida, I know a young man who was carrying Skittles oh. and a Snapple that would probably be alive. That's right, mm -hmm. that is correct. That's why leadership matters, very yep. good point, Sharon. Um, Always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you and check out your great work. Appreciate it, Doc. Uh, at Sharon Reed Live across all social media platforms. Uh, TYT Sports, Rebel HQ, um, hope you uh, check out my work, see what you think. It's always amazing. We appreciate all you do. Thank you. All right, we got more on the other side. The bullpen is next, stick and stay. All right, let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. Back now with the bus shootout caught on camera. Newly released surveillance video catching the tense moments a Charlotte bus driver shot at a passenger who pulled a gun on him. That bus driver now fired from his job. We want to warn you, the footage you're about to watch is graphic. Shocking new video shows the dramatic shootout between a North Carolina bus driver and a passenger, leaving the driver out of a job and the passenger facing multiple felony charges. Officials from the Charlotte Area Transit System, or CATS, releasing the video and saying the shootout occurred earlier this month after the passenger, Omari Tobias, asked the driver to make an unscheduled stop. When the driver, David Fullard, refused, Tobias can be heard talking back. That's when Tobias is seen pulling a gun and Fullard reveals his own. Shots are exchanged as the bus drives off the road. Wow. All right, we brought you that story when it first happened. Today we have Joshua Davis, singer-songwriter, who was a witness to that shooting. Joshua, thank you for being on the show, how are you? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to speak. Yes, sir. Talk to us about what happened, 
from your point of view and where were you located uh, during this uh, during this situation? Well, um, I was sitting directly in the front of the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually having a conversation with the bus driver before everything had occurred. Okay. And uh, I felt like something uh, was about to happen. You know, when the young man had got on the bus and then when he walked past me again to come to the front of the bus to ask the driver to drop him off at an unauthorized stop. You know, that feeling had got on me a lot stronger. Um, I didn't want to do anything drastic or make any uh, drastic movements, you know what I'm saying? Because I knew something terrible was about to happen, you know. And I didn't want to put myself in any unnecessary danger, even though I was in some unnecessary danger. Let me ask you this because I understand what it means to keep your head on the swivel, uh, to have that awareness and be alert. What was it that tipped you off, that created an indication this could be something more? Was there an argument? What was the nature of that argument? Um. I didn't I didn't think that it was gonna transpire into what it transpired into until the word exchange, you know, never calmed down. You know, and once I heard uh the young man, I believe his name is Tobias, um, no, Amari. And once I heard the uh young man say that he was gonna pretty much shoot the bus driver, you know, saying that it dawned on me, okay, he he does have a fire on him. Firearm on him. He's armed and uh, he's planning to try to threaten this man. He wants to scare him in some type of way. What was the argument over? I know we've heard, okay, he wanted to get off on a stop that was unauthorized, but uh, beyond that, what was the argument back and forth? Uh, that was actually the argument. Um, it was it was such a silly thing, you know. He wanted to get off at a stop. Right after we had just left a stop that was closer to where he needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the driver was pretty much like, look, I can't drop you off right here. Cause we're pretty much like in the middle of the street by this time and about to go around around the roundabout. And so when he refused, that's when the uh that's when the young man started talking crazy to him, like, you know, why you gotta be like that? Why you doing this, that, and the third? And you know, I seen I heard the driver say that. You know what I'm saying? Go sit down. Um, I couldn't hear everything that uh, the young man was saying because he had a face mask on. But um, I did hear him threaten him several times before shots were fired. What was the nature of the threat? What did he say specifically? Uh, that he was going to pop his ass. Okay. Uh, so that's he a threat. Said, yeah, he said, I'll pop your ass right now. Come across this threshold. All you got to do is touch me just like this. You know, and I'll pop your ass right now. So when he kept saying that, I was like, okay, he has a gun on him. He's planning, he's, I guess he's trying to intimidate this grown man, mm-hmm. you know, but he was, he wasn't prepared for the consequences of his actions. Right. And, and I was really surprised by a few things. One, both gentlemen survived. Both. Mm-hmm. Okay. Close range. Close range shootout, and both of them survived. That's one surprising element of this. There's another one. Um, the argument itself seems so petty, seems so small. 
that you would not imagine anyone would go from A to gunplay based on that particular conversation and argument, right? Correct. Um, now, the bus company, uh, and I think it's uh, Cats Bus. The yes. Bus, right. The bus company, they released a statement, and I know this because I had to read the statement uh, presenting the story. And part of the statement said basically the, the bus driver does have discretion to um, drop off a passenger in an unauthorized location. They have discretion to do this. You have presented something we have not heard before. That basically it was logistically impossible because you were in the middle of the street. The bus driver could not simply drop you off or drop that person off um, at that time. So it wasn't possible to do. The man gets fired. They cite an office policy. Uh, he wasn't supposed to have a gun on him. He legally had a gun, but it was against policy if he did not, uh, I guess, inform them that he had one. Uh, but if he did not have a gun, uh, he may be dead today. So when I heard he got fired, and listen, man, I'm not a, I'm not a gun guy. Right, I believe you have the right to protect yourself, and you can do that with a gun if you choose. But I'm not a gunslinger. I want everybody to have guns and shooting up <clears throat> people because of small conflicts. However, in this case, I clearly saw the right of self-defense. I clearly saw an individual who decided to jump bad and jump wrong, and there was a consequence for that for that action. You pull out a gun on somebody. Uh, you have to be at least okay with the fact that things may not work out the way you desired them to once you go there. Were you surprised that the bus driver got fired over this? Yes, I was uh, extremely upset about mm. the fact that he got fired for feeling the need to have to protect himself. Yeah. Um, you know, this is not the first time that bus drivers have been harmed. Um, I believe a driver had. Uh, Actually lost their lives last year, you know. So my biggest thing was y'all keep asking me these questions about the driver, but he felt the need to protect himself in this in this moment, and he was correct for having to do so because had had he not had a gun, he could have been killed. Uh, me and the other lady on the bus could have been killed. The bus was still moving. Yep. Um, while the shooting was going on, um, so and. After everything transpired, that's the first thing. That's one of the first things the driver said to me. He said, "I know I just lost my job." I'm like, "But that's crazy!" Mm. Wow, that's crazy. he knew it. Now, now that that's an interesting conclusion because uh, I would have gave this guy a promotion uh, and made him something, right, an award because he protected the lives of those on the bus. A, a person pulled out a gun uh, and and used it, and passengers were there. He saved yes. you all. Everybody survived, right? Um, has there been any movement locally by, I don't know, activists perhaps, possibly even some members of the uh, executive uh, board for the company? Have they said, listen, we don't need to fire someone who acted in not only self-defense, but in the defense of others and likely save lives? No, there hasn't been any, uh, any type of movement of that nature um, and actually, I've been wanting to bring awareness about the situation because you know what I'm saying it was very traumatic for me. But at the same time, 
I feel like the city needs to do better about protecting their people. Mm-hmm. Instead, of, instead of trying to, you know, what I'm saying hold him to a standard because it's a certain certain type of policy. Well, y'all also should be trying to protect these people as well. If y'all don't yeah. feel the need to protect themselves, that's right. And I got to say this, and you know it's true. Um, police officers do actions uh, not like that. They do actions where a person is not armed. Mm-hmm. They kill somebody. Um, chief comes out and says, well. It was a violation of policy, so we're going to suspend them with pay. They come back next right. month, right? So if there's a policy violation, okay, give him a policy reprimand. Right. But the overwhelming reality is he acted in self-defense and in the defense of others. And I also saw in the official statement from Katz that he didn't push a button and did not de-escalate properly. Uh, what what do you say to that statement? He did not push the button. I guess there's some panic button up there, and he did not de-escalate properly. What would you say to that? I would say that I, I feel like that's foolishness um, because I was there. the The bus the driver never got hostile with the young man during the during the uh, their verbal altercation, um, mm. and they keep trying to make it seem like there was something he could have done. But when you have somebody that already has Malicious intent on their mind. There's nothing else that he could have done. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think the driver expected for that to happen. You know, I I feel I feel for him because he's just a man that just wanted to go to work and go home. That's not right. have to deal with this foolishness. That's right. You were able. You talked to him, so you all engaged. There was a rapport. Did you already know him from the route, or was that your first time engaging the bus driver? That was my first time uh, speaking with him. He seemed like a you know saying. Very nice man, you know what I'm saying? Very kind. I spoke to one of his um, co-works and they said, you know, he came to work and he didn't bother anybody. Mm. I think I was told that he was on the job for like 20 years. 20 years. Yeah, and you know what I'm saying? And now he lost his job because he he felt the need that he needed to protect himself. And their biggest issue is, well, you shouldn't have had a gun. Well, he shouldn't have had a gun pointed in his face either. So what are y'all gonna do about that? Very well said, Joshua Davis. I will leave it on that. Very glad that you all are okay. I know the trauma cannot be easy. Um, and I appreciate your willingness to share it and to be an advocate for a bus driver who was an advocate for you in that moment. Yes, sir. All I right. appreciate you having me. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate you being on the show. Have a good one. All right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.